I'm Yamilka Rodriguez, and this is the Brand Therapist Podcast, where we come together and deep dive into the psychology of branding. We live in a new era that asks us to step up and show our individuality, learn what makes us unique and different in this world. Let's open the door to possibilities so you can win in business, life, and relationships, because everything starts with you. Hello, and welcome to the Brand Therapist Podcast. I'm your host, Yamoka Rodriguez, and I'm so excited because I have an amazing guest today, Alexia Johnson. So before we get started asking her questions, I'm going to read her bio. Full-time freelancer artist and nerd are just some of the words I use to describe myself. I love that. She was born in Long Beach, California, California girl, but she's lived in Seattle and even London, and I know in much more places because last time we spoke, you were somewhere in Italy, I think. Her journey has been as a graphic designer. She began in Microsoft Paint. And as a kid, she would stay up late at her grandmother's house experimenting with paint and learning how to draw. As she got older, she transitioned into PowerPoint, design posters, and t-shirts for school. And then she did a design internship at Pacific Lutheran University. And she's now a full-time artist and gets paid for it, which is pretty incredible to be able to say that. She really enjoys hands-on art supplies and learning new things through experimenting about design, animation, and game design. She has a passion for helping small businesses and people of color to achieve their dreams through market-based research backed by design. Through her Master's of Digital Marketing, she fills her passion to support her clients in marketing design needs, including print, web, digital, and illustration design. So welcome, 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 Alexia. Hi. Thanks for having me. Of course. So the first thing I want to ask you is tell the audience what you do and how you help your clients. Yeah. So I like to say that I'm kind of in the business of making small business dreams come true. I rarely say no to anything that one of my freelance clients needs. If I can help them or if I can figure it out, that's kind of like my soft spots. I partner with small businesses and I also partner with agencies to support their design needs. And I try to include a lot of that marketing side into when I design, because I feel like as a designer, it's more than just making something look pretty, but it has to be backed by research and there has to be a reason behind it. So it's a, an effective design. So yeah, I just like to sum it up as I'm in the business of making people's dreams come true through art and making sure that these small businesses and people of color, they have a voice, you know, among all these bigger corporate brands. I love it. It's very similar to kind of how I started my agency because I felt like I worked in corporate for a long time. And when I started working and started my own business, I wanted them to have the corporate knowledge and understanding. And so I really wanted my clients to be able to feel like they were getting what a, a real corporate gets, but not at the expense of a corporate agency. 
and like you said, it's important to also be able to fulfill. I, I love how you say fulfill people's dreams because it is. You are fulfilling their dreams as you give them a little bit of themselves through the art of what you do. So I, I love how you said that. Now, we know that you are a magician, but, but before we get to that, I wanted to ask you that this wouldn't be a brand therapist podcast if we didn't talk about childhood. And I said a little bit about your childhood here in the bio, but tell me how your childhood kind of influenced what you do today. That's actually a great question. Uh, I've been thinking about that a lot lately because I always am curious about how different paths or choices in life influence where you go and where you end up. And as a child, my grandma was always very supportive of me being artistic and giving me the supplies or tools and even the space to be able to explore that in a judgment-free zone. And I think that's something that really set me up to become a little bit more confident about being an artist and experimenting. As a young kid, I remember um, watching the Disney VHS tapes. They used to have these bonus features where you could see how they did the animation and see how they did the drawing. And that's how I began to teach myself how to draw that plus, well, this was before YouTube came out, but that plus any art books that my grandma would get me or anything that I can learn. And it's funny because I just went to visit her a few days ago and she still has some of my first drawings, which are awful, but she's very proud of them because I made them in her house and that's when I was first learning. So that's how I started. And that judgment-free zone like really helped me learn to just grow and just play around and see what I could make and what I could do just watching and learning from whatever I could. Yeah, it's so important because I think a lot of times, I mean, I was very fortunate to have a father that although he was a mathematician, he understood art. And so when I started going to art school, he was the only supportive parent in college. All my other friends, they were like banned. Like, you can go to this art school, but we're not supporting you. We don't want to know anything. You're not going to make any money. And my dad was just so supportive because he valued that. And I feel so lucky to have that because I know a lot of parents don't always support artistic things, but it's a mindset. And I think each person has their own personality and you have to support that and you have to kind of acknowledge that. I mean, I have a nephew and I have to support him and he's different than I am, but I feel like if I tell him he can't do that, then I'm kind of shutting down some of his creativity. And so it's really important to have those people beside us. But continuing on, you did a quiz and you came out as a magician, which doesn't surprise me. So I'm going to read a little bit about what the magician is. A magician sees the world as systems and is attracted to things that help them change, transform, and heal. The motivation is change. The need is to transform. The fear is being undervalued. And the behaviors are inquires about the world around them, sees the world as systems, and achieves unbelievable feats. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I do agree with that. I think that speaks a lot to how I look at things. Although I do feel like in everything, there's sort of a balance between process and chaos or between doing things so organically or doing things more rigidly. But there's always kind of like a flux and flow, I think. And I, hearing that and hearing looking at the world through systems really makes me think, I do feel like I do that. 
I, I don't know. It's just one of those hard things where finding a balance between all of these different systems and all these different tools and things, I think, is the key part. And maybe that's why I'm the magician is trying to juggle all the different <laughs> options and tools until I find the sweet spot. And I like the word transform as well. I think transform is a very powerful word because when you can look at the way the world is around you, I think it gives you an opportunity to consider what can change and what can be different and what can be new and how you can change something that still fits in the current system, but might help elevate the system a little bit more rather than just like completely destroying it and starting over. Exactly. I have five words for you. I want you to define them for me in your own words. So what is adaptive to you? Adaptive. Hmm. That's a good word. It's a word that's a little bit hard to describe because I think the word is like adaptive is adaptive. It's just being able to be flexible is what it means to me. Flexible regardless of the circumstances, I would say. Yeah, I love that. Insightful. When I hear insightful, I think of wise, but I also think of analytical, being able to look at information and extrapolate meaning from it. Because I think sometimes you can look at something and you're like, that makes no sense. But if you can really take time to digest it and understand it, then that's where insight can come. And you don't necessarily have to be like wise beyond your age or super mature. It's just is about being able to take the information and turn it into something tangible. Exactly. What about persuasive? I think persuasive often has a negative connotation, but I think it's important when it comes to being in marketing and being in sales is being able to explain why your product or your brand is more important than somebody else's. And I think that part of that persuasiveness is being able to thoroughly explain why yours is better than somebody else's, I'll say. I love it. Dynamic. Dynamic is fun. I think dynamic definitely means being able to, I don't want to say flexible because I feel like I use flexible for adaptive, but dynamic and adaptive feel very similar to me. And I think dynamic has an element of flexibility, but it also has the element of um, being uh, almost carefree, I want to say, maybe. that's a, That one's a harder one to describe. No, I love it. What about magnetic? This is the last one. Magnetic is a word I love. I think it's a lot about energy and being drawn to certain things or being drawn to certain people or having them attracted to you because of what you offer, what you bring or your vibes, I'll say. So magnetic, I think, is the push and pull of things. Again, going back to that idea of duality and balance, but you know what you attract and what you bring in and what you bring to the table. I love it. Love how you define those. So let me ask you, we always talk about fame here. And I like to look at fame as more of the impact that we want to have or that we've had somehow. So if I asked you what your fame story, and I know you're, you're super young, but I'm sure you have one. Tell me a fame story that kind of brings out an impact that you've had. Wow. That's very interesting to think of. I think as a more introverted person, I'm not always thinking about fame. I'm not thinking about how I stand out. I feel like often I'm trying to kind of go under the radar and just sneak by. And it's something I'm trying to work on, trying to be better about like, oh, it's okay to stand out. It's okay to like be loud and be yourself. But for my fame story, it's definitely still in progress. But I think that's 
there are different points that have really defined my story to fame. For example, when I was in high school and I didn't know what I was doing in design. You mentioned this in my bio. I definitely didn't know it was design. I just was trying to be helpful. And, you know, I was an artsy kid. So I was like, I can make a poster and I can make a t-shirt design, but I only knew how to use PowerPoint. So I started with PowerPoint and all of the print shops absolutely hated when I would submit my design file as (laughs) something that was print ready. You know, that's something that I became known for in high school that, oh, Lexi will make some artsy stuff and she's really great at PowerPoint. And that's how I got my first job, which was in a little office where they were trying to get me to learn how to use InDesign. And that was my first introduction to Adobe. And again, because I was able to be adaptive and dynamic and learn really quickly, I became known for that. And it was actually the woman that was my boss who pushed me to apply for the design internship, which I really thought I wasn't going to get. And I tell this story all the time because I actually, um, I skipped out on the interview because I just, I knew other students who were applying for it. And I was like, there's no way I'm getting this job. There's absolutely no way. This kid, he's in the design program. He's amazing has this whole cool design program. And here I am messing around with PowerPoint and InDesign for the first time. And the person who would become my boss, Simon, he actually called me personally and was like, why didn't you show up to the interview? And I was like, I didn't really have any good excuse because I was just so shocked that he actually called me. So those are like moments in my story I really like to talk about because if you wouldn't have called me and told me to come in, I would have never got that internship that helped me get the core knowledge and the skills to actually become a designer and become a more professional artist and not just somebody who's screwing around with PowerPoint until I get some (laughs) ready PDFs. So yeah, and I was the only intern they kept for three years out of all the interns they've ever had because I just was like, I can't leave. This is a great opportunity. So I think at each of these points, when you make the choice to keep doing something you're passionate about, it, it helps you stand out in a way. But also just being willing to learn and willing to mess up, I think is very important in my story. Because a lot of times I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm doing it and I'm going to get it done, even though I think it looks awful, but everyone is happy. So that's all that matters. So I think that kind of being willing to fumble is important. Yeah, that is so true. And I love how you taught. I mean, I would say to do design in PowerPoint, that's a really good skill. Because I remember I would try to do anything in PowerPoint. I'd be like, I can't do it in this program. It doesn't work. So I give you kudos to be able to do that. Because like PowerPoint is, is not an easy program for artists. So I have to say that that's a really challenging piece. And if you can make art in PowerPoint, you can do anything. We thank our sponsor, BespokeBranding.io. Tailored branding to reach your ideal client. Gain a deeper level of understanding to empower your brand and purpose and rule the market. We know what it's like to journey from a place of feeling overwhelmed and undervalued to being powerful, understood, and authentic. Your brand identity allows you to live your purpose. The Brand Therapist has 20 years of branding and design experience, has transformed billion-dollar brands, and has eight plus years of guiding women entrepreneurs to realize their potential. I invite you to take the brand quiz and you can find it at www.bespokebranding.io. Let me ask you this, what is Alexia's brand all about? 
That's a great question. My brand is definitely evolving now that I'm a little bit older. When I first started, I think my brand was a little bit more goofy, a little bit more, oh, I'm just a student and I'm learning. But now that I have bigger clients to back me, I have a lot more experience. My brand is evolving into something that's a little bit more about determination and tenacity and persistence. I even like something I love to do for my clients is I love to name the colors to make them related to their core values. And so my branded colors are named that. They're named determination, tenacity, and persistence. Because I feel like that speaks a lot to what I've done throughout my life is to keep pushing regardless of circumstances and regardless of whatever is going on is to keep going in the face of darkness, if you want to call it. So my personal brand, it's evolving. And I'm definitely trying to make it something that feels like I'm a professional artist. I do this full time. I'm cool about it. But I'm trying to find a sweet spot between being a feminine brand and being something that's a little bit more edgy, because I want to find a way to marry my artistic side to my professional graphic design freelance side, because my artistic side can be a little bit more edgy could be a little bit more aggressive, if you will. But then my freelance business side is a little bit more soft and feminine, even though I, I can be feminine, but I don't feel like I'm always very soft. I feel like I can be quite loud and quite bold. And needless to say, it's definitely evolving, but I definitely want my brand to become something that's, oh, she's very strong and she's very supportive. So finding that balance between being masculine and being feminine, being strong, but being supporting and kind and loving being edgy, but still being kind of chill and kind of (laughs) cool. I love that. You know, I talk about that in my um, method around tension. So it feels to me like you're building some really nice tension. And I think as an artist, tension is so critical, right? Between softness and strength and feminine and masculine, like all these things build tension and that's what builds interest. I love that you're doing that and that you're doing that with with your own personal brand, which is really exciting. But let me ask you this. If I said, what is your greatest fear? What would you say that is? That's an amazing question. And I'm sure you hear that all the time because the greatest fear is something that's really hard. When I was younger, I definitely had a particular answer of like, being on stage and everyone knowing who I was. But now that I've become a little bit older, I think my greatest fear is that I would never be memorable, that I spent so much of my life trying to go under the radar. And I actually accomplished that without actually doing anything that would be memorable or legacy building or make me stand out in a way. And when I was in Rome, and I was in the Vatican, and I'm looking at this amazing art where this person, it felt like Michelangelo was literally trying to create the center of the universe when he was painting the Sistine Chapel. It's so amazing that he was able to leave a legacy for years and years and years. And it kind of gave me an epiphany moment. Like, I don't want to be somebody who just flies under the radar. I don't want to be somebody who just skates by. Like, I want to leave a mark. I want to have a voice. And, you know, I want to do something that will make people remember me. I think from being a digital nomad and traveling so much, I meet a lot of people and I hear a lot of stories and that always influences my art. But it would really be sad if, you know, that those people, I never made any kind of impact on their life or with my business, I made no impact. So yeah, not being memorable, not making a difference, not doing something tangible that's helpful or useful is definitely my my greatest fear. (laughs) 
It's so funny. And you reminded me of something. Will you tell the ad audience who you actually travel with? Oh, yeah. On your journeys abroad. So I travel with my cat, Macaroni. He was very popular in Italy. Every time I would tell them that his name's <laughs> Macaroni, people would get so excited. Uh, there's actually some pictures on my Instagram, I believe, if uh, when he was on the plane with me and him just riding in my lap. The flight attendants were enamored with him. He was way more popular than me. But yeah, my cat is kind of my best friend, unfortunately, but also like a good thing. So yeah, he travels with me everywhere. I love that. Because when we spoke, I, I thought it was very sweet that you had a traveling companion, which is really, really cool. So let me ask you this. Tell me three lessons learned in your life. Three lessons learned. I think the first one I've kind of touched on already is just being willing to fumble. One of the things, you know, a lot of people say is that practice makes perfect. And I've heard before that uh, practice makes progress. But I think a lot of times with artists who are similar to me, sometimes the practice gets a little daunting because you want it to be perfect and you're so focused on trying to make it better, trying to do the best. And it can often like make you turned off to even doing art. I've definitely struggled a lot with creative block, but something I personally like to say is that pain is a part of the process and that pain helps you grow. And so being willing to fumble, being willing to make a mistake, being willing for it to be ugly, I think is better than not doing anything at all. So like actually just getting it out the door. And I think that's really important. So lesson number one would definitely be that you have to be willing to make a mistake, even if it's going to be uncomfortable, even if it's going to hurt you, you just have to be willing to do that. I think the second thing would be as a black woman, as a mixed race woman who's black and Mexican, I have to represent both. Don't want to make either side of my family upset. (laughs) But um, you have to be willing to speak up. There's been a lot of times where I'm in a corporate environment and I'm the only person of color in the room and everyone's talking about how amazing of an idea this is going to be. And I'm like, well, actually, that's probably going to get you canceled. Don't think it's a good idea. (laughs) So being willing to speak up when it's uncomfortable is very important. I think especially in our day and age where sometimes people just don't know about other cultures and they just don't know about what's happening on the other side of the pond. So being able to say, hey, I respect that this is what you like, but I don't think based on your market choice and your consumer audience, this is a good idea. Sometimes they listen and sometimes they don't. And sometimes when they don't, they get canceled, but you can't do anything about it. So (laughs) (laughs) I love that you said that because I do believe the whole purpose of being in a company is the collaboration and the opportunity to have different minds working on something. And it's so critical. You're so right. It's so important to have a voice and be able to give your opinion because you have knowledge that they don't. And so that's pretty incredible, Even especially nowadays, right? It's so critical to be able to make sure that you, you're right. Like you have to know your audience and be able to do something for your audience and be able to listen to everybody's perspective and being able to build something together. So I love that you mentioned that as part of it. So let me ask you, how do you see your life changing in the next five years? Next five years. Oh, man. Well, at the very least, I hope I'm not single anymore (laughs) because... 
it's been a very interesting experience and it would be nice to have somebody other than macaroni to travel with. But aside from that, I'd really like to try expanding my freelance business so that it's not just freelance agency of one, but maybe a freelance agency of three. Uh, I think expanding would be great for me because I definitely want to get to a place where I can focus more on the art and not have to focus on the admin tasks because I really hate doing, I hate with a passion doing all the like, (laughs) oh, here's a list for this and here's the billing. And yeah, so definitely expanding my agency. Um, And I would love to get more countries under my belt. I think it's really cool that so many countries are offering these digital nomad visas that you can apply for that will let you live in a different country for one to two years. And so hopefully in five years, I'll be in like Portugal working on the beach with my cat macaroni. (laughs) So yeah, just I'm very excited for the future. I'm very excited for what it holds and, and what it means when I get better at art and get better at my business and expand a little bit and just have more cool clients under my belt. So I'm hoping it will progress well. So I know right now you're in California, but you don't know where you're going next after that. I think I'm going to spend some time in Washington, Seattle next. I love drag queens, so I definitely have to go back there for a little bit while I'm doing my U.S. road tour. And then I will probably go to Dallas next because I have some family over there. So every time I come back to the States, I do like a little road show. So right now we're in California. And uh, next we'll be visiting friends and then visiting more family. So yeah, (laughs) a lot of traveling to do. So tell us, where do you like to hang out on social media? So I actually have an Instagram. That one is really simple. It's just my name plus 96. And then I have my portfolio websites. And like all artists, I have a Behance page that probably needs to be updated because I haven't looked at it in a long time. And then also Discord. I am trying to start like a little Discord community for artists and gamers and nerds because I am all three of those things. And I'm trying to figure out how I can maybe use that Discord channel to build a streaming thing, a Twitch streaming thing, because I would love to do something other than just art all day. (laughs) It'd be nice to have some uh, side projects to work on that will... uh, feed my other passions of gaming and things like that. So yeah, Discord would be a great one. Discord or Instagram is always a good combination. Oh, I love it. I haven't even heard of that one. How am I like, I kind of embarrassed to say, but I haven't heard of Discord. Discord is definitely for uh, the gamers, uh, more of like the people who want to hit your friends up and see if they're online to play some PC games. But Discord has actually become very popular. I've seen a lot of different groups on Discord and communities that you can join, especially from like YouTubers and um, Instagram people who like want to have a set community and they don't want it just all on Instagram. So it's pretty cool that it's grown so much from what it used to originally be. You know, it's so funny you say that because I probably now hear it all over the place after we've talked about it here. I'll be like, I know what that is now. So that's great. Well, Alexia, thank you so much for being on the Brand Therapist Podcast. You are incredible. And I'd love to see where you go next and what your next travels and adventures are in the future. So thank you. Thank you for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been great. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the Brand Therapist Podcast with your host, Yamoka Rodriguez. I'll see you on the next show. Thank you for listening to The Brand Therapist. If you enjoyed today's episode, 
please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite pod player. If you would like to connect on social, you can find me at Yamoka Rodriguez Branding or bespokebranding.io. And if you would like to do the brand character quiz, go to bespokebranding.io and click on brand quiz. Or you can email me at yamilka at yamilka.com. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you on the next episode.